Okay, keep going. Now I'm on the podcast. So what's a podcast? Hello and welcome to What You Talking, a Kim's Convenience podcast. And today we're going to talk about Rude Kid. And our special guest for today is Hazel. Hi! What's up, everybody? My name is Hazel Nonan. How's it going? We're all good on this end. (laughs) (laughs) So, Hazel, how'd you get introduced to the show? So, I got introduced to uh, Kim's Convenience through, um, well, because I got to see it on the subway on my commute every single day. Okay. And I actually recognized one of their faces on one of the platforms. And I was just like, I know this man from somewhere. Why do I know his face? Like, I know he has to be somebody I've seen before. And then the funny thing was is that I found out Paul who plays up uh, actually used to be on this show that I watch called Train 48. No way, you used to watch Train 48? <laughs> I know, I know. It's really it's really shocking considering how how my age is, really. So, like, right now I'm 24, and I used to watch Train 48 when I was, like, 9. Wow. <laughs> really funny. And, like, on that network, that was, that was global. And funny thing is, is that it takes place on one of the trains from Toronto. So it's uh, it's the GO train from Union Station all the way to Burlington. And right. Paul's one of the main characters on the cast. Right. His name was like Randy or something, right? Randy. Yeah, his yeah. name is Randy. And um, pretty much like Randy is Paul in person, if you think about it. <laughs> He's, like, very geeky. He actually mentions a lot of stuff about um, cosplaying, Star Trek, Star Wars. Oh, no and he way. actually <laughs> has, like, a lot of costume stuff <laughs> on the show. And then he also mentions, like, working in IT. But, um. like, that, to me, I was just like, oh, well, I love this acting on Train 48, so I might I might see this show. And then I was when I was thinking about it, my dad mentions to me, he's like, hey, have you seen this commercial where this Asian guy keeps talking about uh, gay takes time? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And realized, yeah, and I realized, I'm like, what show is it? And he's like, it's Kim, Kim's Convenience. I'm like, okay, so, like that, like, it's kind of funny because me and my dad watched the first episode together. Okay. And then, like, since then, like, I kind of, started telling all my friends in like you have to see the show like it's really funny mm-hmm. so yeah that's kind of, that's kind of how i got my feet wet into like talking about it but yeah that's that's how it started <laughs> i mean considering you're 24 watched train 48 when you were nine you have a really good memory back then <laughs> i can't remember anything i was watching maybe cartoons well, <laughs> about train 48 right was like this the theme song was so embedded like it's so catchy i still listen to the song the theme song is actually out on youtube and train 48 is on youtube um so like right before i got to see season two of kim's convenience i actually spent my summer watching 
um, a lot of Train 48 episodes back. Oh, awesome. And it still holds up, even though, like, you're kind of cringing at all the technology and how far back. <laughs> the, like, you kind of miss the look of Toronto. Like, it, it doesn't look anything like it does anymore on that episode, but you're just like, oh, man, I kind of miss it. <laughs> it, it holds up, guys. I'm, I'm being serious. You, you'll love the show if you love Paul and his acting. You'll lo- you'll love this show. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. So, so would you say that at this point is Appa or is he your favorite character? I would like to think so, but I I don't want to say that Paul or Appa in general is my favorite character. I mean. I love the whole cast. I tend to relate more to Appa and Amma. <laughs> oh, really? Um, which is really weird, considering <laughs> I am nowhere um, like near their age group or whatever. But right. um, yeah, I tend to love like a lot of Paul's and Appa scenes. So I, I guess you could say that Appa would be my favorite character. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely find that Appa is, especially parts of this episode, which I guess we'll get into later, um, it, he is, at least in those parts, he's relatable to me because, well, when dealing with the Rue kid, I don't know what the heck I would have done, but looking at how he dealt with it, I probably would have done the same. But anyway, we'll get more into that later. Um, yeah. Okay, actually, why don't we just dive in? Hazel and I, we met at the uh, season two opener uh it was a kimbit event that a bunch of us we met at bad dog theater to well meet and watch the episode and we're so grateful that uh sugi michael musi and ben who play mr meta terrence and gerald showed up as well and we got the chat and i remember at that time Actually, Hazel also mentioned at that time that she was taking Asian Studies class, and you guys watched an episode of Kim's Convenience there? Yeah, so um, I actually came right after lecture, so I had to pause and tell my teacher that, hey, can I cut class today because I need to go to this Kim's Convenience um, Oh, really? You know. So she actually let me go halfway through class <laughs> to come to the to come to the party. So um, like it was kind of funny because she mentioned in lecture that um, she knows Jean who plays Amma, oh. and she was planning on watching the season two episode. I mean, like season two premiere. Sorry. Um, like after class was done but i was like i'm going to a party and it's kind of far so i need to leave now <laughs> and i have to meet somebody and there she was just like okay fine yeah i know you already know the like the lecture notes so um my professor's name is hong Kao. Uh, she teaches uh, visual culture in asia so she teaches uh art history uh, mainly focusing on asian studies and this course is taken at York. Mm-hmm. It's actually one of the more in-depth Asian art studies in Canada. Wow. And, yeah, so it's really cool. Um, we actually had two lectures on 
the cast of Kim's Convenience and got to see a couple episodes. And one of the episodes was Rude Kid, which <laughs> we're happily talking about today. Um, <laughs> so, like, the contrast in Rude Kid, as, as um, Mike has mentioned, is that we kind of see uh, two or three paths on, like, how things go between the characters. So we talk, let's see, like, we see Uppa first off, like, in the episode, like, doing the bit that a lot of people who have seen the original um, play get to see the look-same not the same thing. Oh, the in some energy beverage scene. The in some, right? And yeah. I was like, in some, wait a minute. Is that how they say ginseng? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know because like growing up, right? Like I, I know the energy drink. My parents got bought into that whole thing. Like every, th- every Korean product is amazing. So I must drink it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I, the funny thing is like when I saw that bit, I was just like, it makes sense. Like that's totally my parents oh. and up uh, talking <laughs> because like oh, the way I grew up, I actually had a few Korean convenience stores like around the area I, I lived in which was not too far from where the show takes place so a lot of the energy drinks till this day that my parents drink is the in some energy drink <laughs> <laughs> so I just I just related to that scene on like a whole different level but like when the way the episode opened I was just like that's relatable I'll enjoy this <laughs> somehow Wow, that's funny. Uh, I mean, I've I've been subject to a lot of Korean products over the year, mainly a lot of herbal remedies because my grandmother would just be like, oh, you're sick. I'm going to just boil all these different kind of things and concoct this black liquid and good luck drinking it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know which liquid you're talking about. (laughs) It's funny because a lot of my classmates like i had a few korean classmates growing up oh yeah but so because like the area that i lived in was like pretty diverse so a lot of my korean friends would actually drink like this black liquid every time they were sick (laughs) oh no (laughs) and like they would just make a face like the the face that you get when you drink something really bitter (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly like the face you can think of every single time it used to be hilarious for me but then when i would like smell or sniff it i'm just like (laughs) i get why i understand (laughs) i have i have something similar to this but i won't but i won't i won't give that to you yeah yeah it's well anything good for you is not gonna taste good and i learned that from a very early age i remember the first time that I had, uh, well, I'm going to call it ginseng and somebody can shoot me down later on. It was like a, a concentrated uh, red ginseng in like a, this little vial that's probably no bigger than like a stack of quarters. And basic, and what you do is you take like this little spoon and you dip it in and it's like as thick as molasses, but you only take... And oh man, that stuff was so oh! If you did not mix in with a big cup of water, you were just asking for, you're you're that, asking for that face, that scrunched oh, face. It's so true. <laughs> it's funny you 
funny you mention that because like that's one of the ones that my parents made me drink growing up. Oh. Um, I was like, "Why, mom, dad? Like we're not Korean, you know." <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about the intro. You mentioned that you grew up in the area, right? Yeah, no, the cool thing about the intro for me is that like you get to recognize a lot of these places in the area, especially if you're from Toronto mm-hmm. or just from Regent Park in general. You could recognize like a lot of the spaces. Like the basketball court that you see is actually right around the corner from the store. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I, I, and, yeah. And like parts of the highway or like the Gardner underpass. And then you get to see like other parts. Like you get to see OCAD, mm-hmm. which, uh, spoiler alert, um, they don't actually film in OCAD at all. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so in this episode, right after the intro, you notice that Miss Murray and Janet are what is to believe to be the lobby of OCAD and it's not no. <laughs> it's actually Daniel Spectrum in Regent Park so that's actually on Dundas and Parliament wow. just just off the street because I actually go to an art youth program there so I know the lobby um, oh. yeah that's so, so cool. like the cool the cool thing is it's in the it's in the theater area mm. in Daniel Spectrum and it's in the main lobby. So that's where Mrs. Mary and Janet are actually speaking. And well, considering considering the amount of like conversation is that like this is the really like most relatable part for me in this episode is the fact that Janet's talking to her professor about her mark. Right. And considering that I do go to art school and I'm around the same age as Janet, like when I first heard of like Janet's character, I was like, are you marketing it off me? Where did you get the inspiration of this character? Like kind of look the same. Not really. (laughs) So yeah, that's we're the... both in art school. I'm minoring in photography. She's majoring in it, but like, is that really different? Wow. Like, no. That is a yeah. lot of similarities. <laughs> it's, it's really creepy because, like, I think I mentioned this to um, the producers when they were interviewing me for the Kimbit snippet. Yeah. Um, like when I when they interviewed me and they asked me like a little things about the show and about my relation to like the show in general I was just like well I grew up near there I actually go to art school (laughs) (laughs) so like there was like little things like well I mean I'm Christian but I'm not Korean Christian so like Mm. I mean like that's loose but I knew people who worked in a car dealership so it's like (laughs) Like if I had to, if I had to choose, I was like, "There's so many things I could pick off from the show that I can totally relate to me," and like, it was it was weird. But yeah, no, this episode I related to on like really, really like eh, levels because um, I kind of had a similar moment that Janet has in the episode. Oh with my own professor about a year before 
So, like, right around the time this episode came out, I actually had a similar experience. Really? Oh. And, yeah. So, my my teacher um, asked me if I was appropriating my own art. What? <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was really weird. And, like, the funny thing is, around that time she asked me that question, this episode just came out. Uh-huh. And I saw my professor, like, the way my professor was acting with me was very similar to to the way that Miss Murray is <laughs> in the episode. I don't have the rude kid bit, but, like, the way she talked about it, I was just like, are you kidding? <laughs> are you kidding right now? Is this real life? No. Like, did, did CBC just take that moment from me and just kind of, like, twisted it into a show? Oh, wow. I was like whoa that's really weird but okay um yeah well like she didn't mention like the boat oh like oh the way she talks about this i hate the character of miss murray um the way she talks to janet uh, like the condescending tone it's like where's where's you like me was it supposed to be a self-portrait no 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 you you as the filter where was your parents' like refugee experience? Blah blah blah. <laughs> like, I know, I know it's really funny, and like, but then like you're just kind of like, well, I'm Canadian. Yeah, I'm not exactly. I'm not, you know, I'm not a refugee who came here and became Canadian. Right. You know, I'm born Canadian. So, like, that's the. Th- that's the thing that annoyed me about this episode. And you can see the similarities in uh, Frank and Nyong, like the episode episode four, right, I believe? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you can see that similarity between Janet and Nyong is that Nyong is Korean. Yes. And then Janet is Korean-Canadian and how she's trying to prove to both Gerald and... Samara. Sam- Sam- Samira? Sam- Was it Samira? Samira. Oh, Jeez, I had it. <laughs> Samira, yeah. Yeah, Samira, that um, she's Korean, so she doesn't have to prove to them that she's Korean yeah. because she she knows how it is, right? Yeah. And like, and then you even see it see it in her face, and like the way she acts is that she tries to overcompensate for back of, lack of a better term to be more Korean. Even though, like, she shouldn't have to feel like she needs to prove that. But in, when she tries to speak Korean and the guy goes like, what? <laughs> and then Nayeon kind of just interjects and then explains in Korean. Yeah. And he goes like, oh, I get it now. And then leaves, right? And, like, I get Janet's, like, frustration, right? It's like she has to prove at home mm-hmm. kind of, like, how Korean she is. <laughs> Yeah. And then at the same time, prove how Canadian she is. Because, like, even in her experience, you can see that, like, even for, um, what was it? The, t- the Dong Chim? Yeah. <laughs> it was just, like, one of the most um, humorous episodes that I can remember is that, like, it's a Korean thing, right? Like, that's the best way you could explain yeah. it. Both yeah, yeah. Kim Chi- Jung and Janet get that like it's a Korean thing so yeah I remember don't. the one line that Shannon's like so you're anally penetrating them like no 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 it, it's just it's a dong gym. it's like a poop needle exactly 
And it was just like, that. that's it. Like, that's the explanation for being Asian Canadian in general, yeah. right? It's like, it's just this thing. Like, it doesn't need to mean anything. It doesn't need to be serious. It's just a thing that's a part of the culture. Yeah. And like, and like, I felt that in this episode with Miss Murray, like the way she's explaining it, it's like, oh, like that's so your kind. That's so <laughs> like your perception yeah. of what being an immigrant. I mean, you, you drew up an interesting contrast uh, bringing up uh, the Nayong and Janet comparison. And I think this even goes back to the saying in the intro of this episode, look the same, not the same thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, it, it's really that generation gap, and well, sorry, I guess I call it a generation gap where you know you grew up here in Canada versus you grew up in Korea, and then you come here, uh, and uh, that that's kind of the ongoing theme with the rude kid, as you know, as Miss Murray comes yeah. into the store with Oliver, kids like wrecking everything, and then Appa goes to flick the kid, and then she's like. <laughs> No, like, what are you doing? And on top <laughs> to of telling honest, him to say, you can't say no. So exactly. <laughs> to be honest, that was my favorite and most relatable part of the episode. <laughs> um, because actually, like in my um, in my culture, we actually have this card game okay. called Beatik, and you actually like play Go Fish, and you flick the person on the forehead if they don't have the card that you're go you're gonna fish for oh, right? this sounds fun <laughs> yeah so, like, literally like you could play with four or more people and you just literally flick each other on the forehead <laughs> while playing go fish and like so for me i was just like that's funny that's really funny <laughs> and then i kind i got the part where i'm like oh my god all my all my Canadian friends like growing up here like that's really how they're disciplined oh. for, or sh I want to put air quotes around discipline <laughs> I wish you could see what I'm doing <laughs> I'm like air quoting disciplined um like yeah no a lot of a lot of things that we relate to growing up right I mean it's funny because, like, Ru I don't. Russell Peters mentions it over and over again in like his comedy too. Is that like disciplining is like completely different yeah. <laughs> throughout all cultures, and like the more out of Canada you are, the more harsher the like the disciplining <laughs> is, and then the more Canadian you are, the more low yeah. that tends to be. Yeah. But if you're Canadian plus something else, like it's just that. And then, like, being subtle about it. <laughs> and, like, I mean, even throughout the episode, you see, like, Mr. Meta and and uh, Appa discussing how their disciplining happened. Mm -hmm. And, like, Appa mentioning, I had to hold a Korean-English dictionary above my head. <laughs> right. 20 pounds, right? And if I dropped it one centimeter, bah! like, I was like, I get that. Like, that's that's the stories you hear from your parents yeah. right like growing up it's like i don't discipline you hard enough i got it worse growing yeah. up blah, blah, blah. and i get that <laughs> i relate and understand to that and like even like the second part of that scene like 
you realize that they they think the way they disciplined their kids was like the best way. And then they both mention how their kids are not yeah. talking to them. <laughs> and like just seeing the contrast from that, right? right. It's because like you kind of know, I don't know, like for us being born here that we relate in on some level how that goes, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, maybe because they grew up here, they know the disciplining that their friends get compared to theirs is not really fair, right? Right. And so, like, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen the play, so I can't base it off of what um, Jung's character goes through, but I'm pretty sure, like, Jung's, Jung's story is very prominent even within our culture and within like Canadian culture is that like you know like anybody trying to fit in and anybody trying to like grow up like in their teens like has done something pretty stupid or something similar to what he has done Mm -hmm. and you know has run away or has gone off with their friend Mm -hmm. so I mean relatability with this episode is pretty pretty high yeah you talk to anybody who has like parents who are not from canada especially the the funny thing is every time i speak to chinese friends they all have one thing that makes them cringe every time they hear it and it's this feather duster every time they hear feather duster they're all like oh what because they they've all experienced a feather duster and uh but uh, yeah, and it, 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 sometimes some parents, and especially when you're in an environment where everybody gets uh, disciplined differently versus, you know, if they were overseas in the uh-huh. home country, where everybody's probably, oh, you got hit by the feather duster? Yeah, I got hit by the feather duster, whatever, just another day. <laughs> but here it's like, you didn't get hit by a feather duster? No, I got a talking to, and they told me, you know, not to eat my dinner and go to bed. But, you know, uh-huh. the, the guy who's getting hit by the feather duster, hey, you, you can't blame them for thinking, oh, I'm probably going to run away. This is really bad. How come nobody else has it this bad? But, exactly. but it, it's, it's, it's a story. It's really kind of our story. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a real thing, yeah. right? Like, I mean, for me and my friends growing up, like our thing was like, Slipper, <laughs> <laughs> slippers, and like, and like, really, really like, fluffy broom. But like, that's, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there was no actual like contact. But you know, like, they would just be like, if you do this, you'll get this, and you're just like, okay, must stop, right? Like, yeah. and so like, obviously, like, you realize that you're doing a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, even in this episode, like, I've, everyone I've talked to about this episode, including my class, a lot of them were just, like, I'm so happy he actually flipped that kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think everybody was pretty happy that Appa actually, like, flicked him on the forehead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've had, and, like, <laughs> I've had conversations with uh, a few of my friends about that episode, and they were just like, you know, if it was my parents, they'd probably do it a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> I mean, like, 
just thinking about that situation just like brought me back to my childhood and I was just like and I'm not gonna think about because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I've had similar situations where um, like growing up my dad would be saying those <laughs> certain things that I was saying to another person <laughs> oh, yeah. another parent like in our neighborhood mostly because like I would get kicked or punched by another kid oh, no. Yeah, and like he would either flick them on the floor. <laughs> wow! And just say something, and then like, like the argument that Uppa has with Miss Murray in that episode, like, brought me back to that conversation my dad had with a different parent, and I was just like, oh, oh man, I just saw my dad in Uppa. That's really weird for me. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's how it that's how it felt watching that part. But then, like, oh man, just the episode that that part where Janet goes back to Miss Mary afterwards, like after that incident happens and apologizes, right. and then you realize that you know Miss Murray changed her mark, and you're just kind of like, man. Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, and it, it it's one of those things that I guess I mean on one part you kind of wish that she spoke up and and did something about it at that point cuz I mean later on you you know what happened she kind of disappoints up on Uma. But at the same time I wonder if anybody else is in that situation kind of this is a path to where your career is going do you speak up do you stand up for you know the principle reason or do you just kind of let it slide would you be the janet and just get the extra marks let her misunderstand what's happening because she's clearly not really wanting to understand what's happening (laughs) exactly and i mean like in that situation too for me like because of like the incident i mentioned before with my own professor like i told her straight up like i can't be appropriating when I'm actually from the culture that that just can't happen Mm -hmm. because I'm reclaiming what was appropriated from the culture that I'm from so and like when she's she asked me if anybody else would think this way looking at my artwork and I was like well the critiques coming up let them decide if it still feels that way then I'll change something about it but for the most part, you guys have to understand where I'm coming from with this, right? right? So, like, after that episode aired, I went back to my critique, and when she brought that up, a lot of my, a lot of my classmates were upset with her. (laughs) So, um, it's safe to say (laughs) that, um, I still went on with my art, Mm -hmm. And I actually did get a high mark, even though she made that comment. But for me, it was, like, really hard to, you know, appreciate her as a professor for a while. Oh, definitely. I mean, Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, the decision that Janet makes in that episode, again, and, like, I'm I'm pretty glad that, you know, she kind of, 
sticks up for both Amla and Appa, yeah. but then like you know how disappointed they are that she even accepted it in the first place. Yeah. Um, you kind of go like, well, you screwed up on both ends. But like, I felt like that's kind of like her identity issue right there. It's like that whole argument between Miss Murray and her parents. It's like, does she have to give up being Korean in order to please her Canadian side? Right. Or does she have to give up her Korean side in order to be appreciated, right? So, like, I mean, like, that that um, interaction between them, it, it just kind of, you can kind of see the conflict that she's dealing with on the inside with her own identity within those those people in that situation in general. So, I mean, I feel like every first-generation Canadian deals with that, right? Mm-hmm. If you have parents who are from a different country, you're kind of battling with that whole acceptance of being from both cultures or being within each culture. You kind of feel like you're split down the middle. Yeah. Or that you're kind of, lack for a better term, I like to call it, um, what's it called? culture purgatory <laughs> <laughs> okay um, like, like it's part it's one of my um thesis for my projects um that i did which is actually the one i was talking about with my professor okay. where i'm trying to make my canadian and my filipino side coincide in one piece of art so i made a series called Ikemen, which is bamboo met in my parents' um, Filipino dialect, which is Ilocano. Um, So the series is uh, works of art that are on bamboo mats, and you get to fold and join or kind of roll up each piece and like it's layered on top of each other. So you just kind of like remove parts, add parts, so it's a very like interactive piece, cool. and the cool thing is, is that I kind of use um, symbolisms and like parts of other cultures that I'm a part of in pieces. So like with me growing up, I think a lot of us kind of tried to relate to Disney characters, and I know. Like, <laughs> They don't mention this on the show, which I kind of wish they mentioned about their childhoods. It's like what things they identified with, because I know not a lot of them had this, you know, ish, like something to relate right. to growing up. Right? Right, right. And I'm pretty sh- like for me, it's just something pretty important that I want the show to address. Mm hmm. No. is having like some sort of like thing to look up to and that's the reason why I was so happy that you know there's finally a show with like an all like predominantly Asian cast mm. that people who don't have to be Asian to enjoy which is amazing because like the other thing that I could think of that people enjoy that was predominantly Asian and had an Asian cast was anime <laughs> and you sort of anime growing up like if you watch Sailor Moon you were in that if you watched Cardcaptors or Dragon yeah. Ball Z Gundam Wing like if you watched 
Pokemon, Digimon, whatever, you knew that was from Japan. Right. Somewhere. Right, right, right. <laughs> somewhere in Asia. You related to that. And if you didn't relate to that, you related to some sort of like Disney character. Mm. And then for me growing up, there was no Filipino like sort of warrior or princess growing up so the closest thing i related to was mulan <laughs> <laughs> right and i and i think almost every single asian friend i've had growing up loved that movie till this day i still love that movie the songs everything are amazing that's true and i didn't right yeah no that's and true I, I mean the one thing that that is a message that uh, especially Sumu is promoting is that representation matters and which is like a big movement going on in Hollywood right now to get more Asian faces out. Um, and yeah, that's one of the great things that Kim's Convenience represents. One of, one of the many things that it represents. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, you know, every time that I tell somebody about this show and I share them with like my stories growing up i always say you know i really wish that there was a show like this when i was growing up because this is my story and something that i can relate to it may be something that i can even template myself into but as i'm older and i have different relationships with my i don't have strained relationships with my parents or anything now but i did but it could have helped then but stuff like that yeah yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, the last part of the Rude Kid portion. Uh, again, uh, in my my notes here, I just kind of wrote something that Uma says to uh, to Janet. Mm-hmm. says that every day Appa is looking at the window. Do you know what he's looking for? He's looking for Jung, hoping that, that for school grade you throw a, you know, hoping that he'll come back but uh for a screw grade you throw a mistake in his face and at that point you see janet she just that her heart just sinks she realizes okay that this that was too bad (laughs) and she has that scene with up on the fridge and wow um props to paul and andrea because i remember when i was watching this i was actually in the it was like a public event. It was a screening at the Real Asian Festival. And I was sitting there with a theater full of people. And I I almost bawled because I was just like, she goes into tears. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I got to get out of here. I might cry. <laughs> but it, well, I just, yeah, it, go it ahead, was go ahead, such a such a pleasure to meet Paul after that. I was just, uh, yeah, such a cool guy. Anywho, sorry, that's just my gap for there. <laughs> No, I was going to say, well, I was in the safety of my own home, and I was crying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For me, I was just like, wow, I didn't think I could still um, feel that way about Paul's acting. Like, even in Train 48, like, some of Paul's, like, moments, like, as Randy, just kind of, like, made me tear up or feel sorry for him and I know that's really weird for a person who's nine watching like an improv show (laughs) but um I do remember those certain moments where I was just like oh man like that's really heartfelt Mm -hmm. you know and like I didn't even know it was an improv show I had no idea that Train 48 was improv oh it's totally improv 
yeah, they just had like guidelines. Like Paul mentions it in like an interview is that um, with the rest of the cast and like their mini reunion, like they only had like rough guidelines. Oh. Um, they would take some like news articles of the day and then just kind of intermix it into the show. And so like they would start at like. 11 in the morning and then they would wrap up filming at four and then they would just have the show out on at six o'clock so like the show was legit made in a day (laughs) (laughs) i was just like wow like that's really impressive and that the show went on for a few seasons like tough great great wow and i was just like wow and like a lot so like a lot of those like genuine like teary-eyed moments were just like really in there you know and that for me i was so impressed like by andrea and paul in this scene i was just like oh no there goes my heart (laughs) (laughs) like when you see like paul even just like lower his head just for like asking for a flick from yeah from Andrea in that scene, like it just tugs at your heart a little bit and you're just kind of like, Oh my God. And then like the child in you is kind of like, damn, if I ever got like a moment where my parent would allow me to flick them, (laughs) (laughs) you're secretly wanting to do that. And you're just like, okay, I'm back. I'm crying now. (laughs) Yeah, so with the next part, so it, it's more of a comedic part. I mean, you see that uh, all of a sudden, Jung, in Jung and Kimchi's apartment, there's a fridge full of sandwiches. He's got the Swiffer out. He points out he's got a shoe mat, and he tells him to use napkins, and Jung's like, hey, what's what's going on? And he finds out he's working for Dash, not even Uber, because he couldn't get to Uber. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it has consequences. Uh, Shannon Uh finds out, doesn't know who is doing a thing, but quick to blame Terrence, because Terrence is so easy to blame, because he's sweaty, shaky, and and really makes eye contact, but... And he ate her (laughs) yogurt. Dug right in, got to the fruit, but didn't eat the whole thing. (laughs) But she's... She's just ready to fire him at that point, and uh, the 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 good part, or the the part about Jung and Kimchi's parts in these episodes, these early episodes, is it really digs into how good of friends that they are. But yeah, in this episode, Kimchi, he he says that you know Terrence should take the hit, but Jung, you know, being feeling responsible, says, you know what, I'm just gonna say it was me, and you know, Kimchi, he comes out of the blue and says, hey. You know what? Don't don't fire him. It was me, and it's that camaraderie between the two to show that how really close that they are to really take a bullet for each other. With a lot of like the episodes, like you see the you know the budding friendship or brotherhood that these two have, and it's it's really nice to see the fact that despite the fact that Kim Chi got Jung into his workplace. And then even, you know, still supporting him when he got a promotion. But then (laughs) with the Dong Chum episode, you see him like kind of putting that into question a little bit. (laughs) Um, Where he tries to like, you know, kind of 
jeopardizes the position that he's in. And you kind of question him, like, well, why are these guys still friends? And then you kind of experience, like, um, you get to know the experience between these two. And, like, even down to, like, um, when we meet Alex in one episode where he mentions, like, some of the experiences they had as a kid. And then you realize, like, throughout the season or even down to season two that, like, these three guys, including a few other people, were really close friends. Mm -hmm. And despite that, like, despite um, Jung having an estranged relationship with his parents, you notice that Jung takes him in and actually has... um, Jung even lived rent free. Oh, was that ever um, mentioned? I completely missed I think, that. Yeah, I think in season two he mentions that oh. like rent that he doesn't even pay rent. Oh. And that this is his place and then he's like, So should I start paying you rent so that it's our place? <laughs> so Yeah. I think any bros can say that they're bros, especially when they can hug each other in their underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, a lot of, sh- <laughs> like, when <laughs> when he takes his shirt off, the Raptors get more points. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you, you know that, like, these guys really do treat each other and think of each other as brothers. Yeah. And it, that's a very, you know, like, heartwarming thing. And, I mean, I don't really know the experience or what caused the fight to happen between Jung and Appa, but I have a guess. If anything, Kimchi might have been the one who did something mm-hmm. and Jung was covering for Kimchi. Yeah. Like that's that's my guess and I feel like that's kind of what leads up to like the estrangement and maybe that's why Appa has like this weird cool relationship with Kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in one of the episodes, um, I'm, I'm I'm assuming you're going to talk about that episode later yeah. on. But again, spoiler alert: um, Appa actually goes to Kimchi's house to fix a toilet. Oh right, <laughs> the bald cock episode. <laughs> the bald cock episode, and you find he finds out that Jung lives there. Like, but in the beginning. Kimchi doesn't mention that Jung lives there at yeah. all. He's like, he doesn't mention. He's like, yeah, my roommate lives here. <laughs> <laughs> like, trying to cover up that Jung's even with him. So it's, you know, it's kind of funny because, like, even in the first episode, right, you realize that he goes down a handy, sees this poster, and doesn't even kind of think oh kimchi's in that poster too <laughs> <laughs> maybe they live together oh no 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 no! it's just jung okay <laughs> just focus this on that um i mean i've i don't know i think if he had, he observed that poster more thoroughly he would have been like oh that's his roommate but yeah probably forgot to stress out with coffee <laughs> i think the interesting thing they they they're going to explore in season three is now that that kimchi is the ass man and uh mm-hmm. jung is mm-hmm. well right now he's jobless uh kind of the relation yeah. dynamics with that because the switch when jung became 
again the ass man and kimchi was left behind it it left this an interesting well that was basically a whole episode uh shoot what episode was that i think it was the third episode i'm losing track because i've recorded all these already but yeah yeah, it'll be interesting to see in season three all these uh, how these relationships evolve because of these new situations but uh what kind Mm -hmm. of things are you looking forward to seeing in season three Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I really started to love Pastor Nina, yes. like throughout season two, and I was just like, "Oh man, I wish there were more episodes of there." And like, it's funny enough. Like throughout the season, like she has more lines, she has more appearances, and it's kind of like, well, I really want to see her with someone, like you know, like, finally be with somebody. Because, <laughs> like, there's one episode where, like, she meets an old friend and then finds out that friend's divorced and that, like, and her own um, husband right, right, right. <laughs> ended up cheating with that said yeah. wife of her friend. So it's kind of like, well, we kind of want to see, like, Pastor Nina actually, you know, be in a good spot. Mm. I don't know, but I kind of feel like because her and Jung's relationship in season two, she kind of finds out, like, where he's been, right? And, like, she kind of already knows, like, a little bit about him, and she's she's thankful that he's even there attending some of the events and in support, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know why, but I kind of feel like it's hinting at Jung getting saved by the church. Right. I I don't know a hundred percent. I just have like some sort of feeling that like there's gonna be a revelation. Oh, that's an interesting thought. For yeah. for Jung. Huh. Like maybe I need to do something or I need to change in order for that. I feel like if anything he might work at the church. Yeah, maybe as a volunteer or something. Or like some youth group or something like mm. that. Yeah, that's maybe like maybe that way like he could get a job back. Or I I feel like there's something there for Jung, at least. Like if it has anything to do with him like getting some work, I feel like the church is possibly the way and I feel like his relationship with Pastor Nina might be might be the reason why. Hmm very very good point i mean like a lot of people they're they're either on the shan jung bus where they wanted shannon and jung to hook up or there have been a lot of people who've also said they want to see pastor nina and something happening with jung but uh but yeah i definitely agree something with the church because the church is a very it, i mean it's there prominently with umma especially she the church is when she's not at the store or jung she's usually at the church She's at the church, yeah. yeah. So. And I feel like, if anything, I feel like Amma would probably spearhead some sort of thing in order to get Jung to work again. <laughs> right. Like, with, I feel like most Ammas or anybody who has a mom, like, if the oldest doesn't have a job, she, they're going to try all means necessary to find their, their <laughs> eldest kid a job whether that's through an auntie or an uncle or through somebody else. But 
they'll find some sort of network or connection in order for their kid to survive. And I really feel like I'm was the type to like try to get connection with somebody or like ask them or beg somebody, please hire my son back. <laughs> or if anything, I mean, with Amma and Shannon, I really feel that that relationship's kind of on the breaks. And I feel like with him not working at Handy oh, because of what happened. Yes. <laughs> Amma's relationship with Shannon is just going to be out the window mm-hmm. <laughs> or she's going to beg Shannon by all means necessary huh? to hire Jung back. It's either one or the yeah, other. Good point. Um, huh. In terms of Appa though, I mean, I'm always rooting for the Appa and Jung reunion and that, that was like something that I was rooting for since like the end of season yeah. one is that I've always wanted to see them like rekindle or like you know at least talk again and that's what made me so happy by the end of season mm-hmm. two but then like with the with how it turned out I was just kind of like oh why <laughs> why did you do this to me <laughs> Like, I really wanted to see them so happy. They were sending random emojis to each other. Like, I didn't know that he could do that. But, oh, my God. Like, that's so great that they're actually texting. That's so cute. I want more moments like that. And then they, they ruined it. Why? Why, CBC? No, I love you, CBC. Don't kill but Just please, please announce season three. Um, But, yeah. So that's all the time we have for today. Just want to thank Hazel again for joining us. Thanks for sharing all your stories. Been a blast. No problem. <laughs> really enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. So remember, as we said already, remember to push CBC for hashtag KC Season 3. Tweet now if you can. If you have any other comments, questions, or stories to share, email them to whatyoutalkingpodcast at gmail.com or tweet me at MikeYUAN82. And you can follow Hazel at hazed underscore out, where the O is at zero, I think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Today's show was brought to you by In Some Energy Beverage, which is up approved from Korea and definitely not ginseng. Look the same. Not the same thing. Until the next time. Okay. See you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. See you.